I'm your host, Horal Kasimi, artist, curator, director, and president of Sharjah Art Foundation, and you're listening to our podcast, Speaking of Art. In this episode, Elizabeth Georges talks to us about the artist Henok Malkamzer, one of the most prolific practitioners of an Ethiopian art form called Tepsam, the exhibition Elizabeth curated here in Sharjah called Henok Malkamzer, Symbols and Imagery of Tepsam Art. When you look at a Telsam painting, it's full of all these symbols, patterns, and numbers which carry spiritual and philosophical significance. Though it draws from ancient traditions of astrology and religion, it's a living practice and is used to address critical problems in the world today. We'll be hearing from Henak himself later in the episode, but first let me introduce you to Elizabeth. Elizabeth Georges is Associate Professor of Art History, Theory, and Criticism at the Africa Institute, Sharjah. Her widely acclaimed book, Modernist Art in Ethiopia, is the first comprehensive study of Ethiopian visual modernism within a broader social and intellectual history. Hello, Elizabeth. Welcome to Speaking of Art. Hi, Hur. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for joining us on our podcast. Elizabeth, you've known Henak and his father for some time now. Can you go back to the beginning and tell us how you first encountered his practice? So I used to be the director for the Institute of Ethiopian Studies at Addis Ababa University, which is uh, one of the biggest research centers in the country and one of the biggest libraries and archives of Ethiopian manuscripts, like dating back to the 13th uh, century. So scholars from all over the world used to come, particularly to source the manuscript collection, uh, which was a good source to study the history of Christianity in the country uh, and along with it, Uh, the artistic uh, practices associated to this, this Christian history. So Christianity, for those who don't know, dates back to the 4th century AD in Ethiopia. And its artistic pra- practice consists of illuminated manuscripts, uh, church murals, and wood that's closer to Byzantine uh, than the rest of Africa. So this fact has fascinated a lot of Western scholars. But this interest has also... Uh, brought these scholars in touch with other aesthetic practices associated to Christianity. One such practice is Elsham. Elsham is supposed to be, you know, they've written that it's made by Devteras, who are unordained member of the clergy, who are well-versed in church rituals, uh, in the liturgy and in the scriptures, and they're usually trained by other uh, Devteras who come from the same family. So they're also taught traditional medicine and also... They write. However, unlike a priest, uh, they don't celebrate mass or take confession uh, because they're interested in non-Christian knowledge, knowledge production. So they're known as astrologers, fortune tellers, scribes. Uh, so the doctors only perform the music and dance, and they're like looked at, looked down upon uh, by the church. So the dominant scholarship was very interested in studying that part of Elsham painting. Uh, while I worked at the Institute, I was introduced to a lot of documents that pertained to Elsham. So, you know, but while Elsham is associated with the Devteras of the church, 
it's also practiced by artists like uh, Henoch, who is not a Dabtara and who I exclusively work with to study the Alisham painting. So coming back to the question, how I knew Henok, I would like to say I was interested in this painting. You exhibited him too at Lahore, uh, the Lahore Biennale, which, which you curated. So the fascinating colors, the symbols had always fascinated me. So I started frequenting Henok's studio, which is high up on the mountain at Ontoto, where you've been. Uh, four years ago, and that's how I got introduced to his work. Remember when you first came and saw it at Ntoto? It fascinated you too, right? Thank you. Thanks for that, for that memory, Elizabeth. Thank you for telling us about your first memory and the history behind Telsem. But it, it's true that um, we drove up the mountain to Ntoto to visit Henok's studio in a beautiful uh, surroundings. And of course, uh, Dr. Salah Hassan was with us and also a great fan of, yeah. of Henok's, uh, Henok's work. And I was lucky to have invited Henok to Lahore to produce a large uh, banner canvas yeah, yeah. Uh, that was hanging outside the fort. Yeah. Uh, we opened at the Lahore Biennial in 2020, yeah. just before the pandemic. So thank you for introducing me to his practice. And I look forward to the public uh, also interacting with his work. Do we know with some certainty how old Telsem is, why it developed in Ethiopia and what its original purpose was? Well, artists like Heno could say Telsem predates Christianity. You know, it started with the beginning of the universe or, you know, dates back before the fourth century AD, AD b- before Christianity. Henoch and his father, they said the symbols in Telsem were appropriated by Christianity. That may be true, but um, there's no study that concludes the exact date of the origin, uh, although one can testify it's a centuries-old tradition. But I would like to say the practice of Telsem too, I mean, it also has dwindled in recent times. Formerly trained artists from the School of Fine Arts and Design produce a similar type of work, but it lacks the deeper knowledge of the of the art itself. So, uh, art, while artists emulate some forms of the style, uh, the complexity of its meaning is not really included in the articulation of the, you know, the paintings that are done by younger artists. So nobody knows when it came to Ethiopia, but it's been as old as Christianity, I would think, because it's the same kind of forms and styles that you see in illuminated manuscripts that come out in Tarsham as well. Uh, on that note, I want to ask you more about the form itself. Okay. It's so intricate and vivid and full of all these codes that you just explained a little bit of. Can you take us through the meaning of some of the visual elements, such as the faces, the vines, suns, and moons? <laughs> I'll, I'll try. So the, the interpretation varies from artist to artist. Like, for instance, a person who really studied uh, Elsham art is a French anthropologist uh, by the name of Jacques Marchais, who, who exhibited these paintings at the Museum of African Art in 1997. So his interpretation of the art for example, was conceived by this artist called Gedeon McConnell, who was an Elsham painter, but then all of a sudden, you know, the French took him on to, you know, exhibited his works in Paris at the Pompidou Center, and he became, you know, like a very famous artist. Um, so most of the most of the interpretation that Jacques Mercier got uh, on his uh, articulation of Talsham is from uh, Gideon McConnell and a cleric named Ashras that he met somewhere in um, in the rural area outside of Addis Ababa. So I exclusively worked with Henoch. So most of my interpretation of Talsham 
is based on Henoch's knowledge and his father's knowledge. Uh, I still do not have a full understanding of it. Uh, to begin with, it's a secret. You know, they only reveal a certain form of the painting to you because you're not supposed to know everything. Plus, I don't uh, read or write Gish, which is the liturgical script. So it's very difficult to decipher the knowledge of Talsham because some of it is written in, in the Gish script. Second, um, like I said, you know, they're very protected through generations. So Henoch has revealed to me some of it meaning. So I don't know too much about it either. So, but just to say what uh, Henoch and his father had said about the, some of the symbols in the paintings, like the lines uh, emerge with a presiding eye. There is an eye in the middle of the, in the painting all the time. You know, the surveying eyes that are in the middle of the canvas. Uh, it's the eye that looks, that's curious, that guards and that surveils. And even Henoch says the key to reading al is to begin from the center, from the eye. And, move, and then move outwards. And then the vines, each vines begin with a word or spiritual concept. So, so the composition should include the alphabet, uh, the vines, which is which is called the harag, the colors, which is called the kalam, the face, the numbers, and the 13 months of the Ethiopian calendar. The Ethiopian calendar is not 12 months, it's 13. There is a six day period between September and August, that is, that is the thir 13th month. So vines are symbolic of fundamental forces that weave the human uh, the human race together. Human beings and the planet come together through the vines that are interconnected and intertwined. They are constantly in conversation with each other. And these vines consist of names and shapes which can be read and explained. So the vines come to light through color. Colors also consist of seven different shades that represent the seven vowels of the Gish alphabet. The, the A, B, C, like ha, hu, he, ha. In, in, in the A, for example, there's seven articulations of the A, unlike the English. It's the ha, for example, the A, ha, hu, he, ha, he, hu, ho. There's seven. So the color represents the Gish alphabet and the seven days of the week. And each color represents a form of the physical and spiritual life. The face represents the image of the human, but it also embodies the image of nature and the spirits that personify nature. The good, the beauty, the strength, the transparency of nature are all represented through the face. Uh, I think that's enough for now, you know, <laughs> but that will give us a good uh, synopsis. Thank you, Elizabeth. That's really great to <laughs> unlock these images and understand a little bit the complexity yeah, yeah. and the meaning behind them. Yeah. Enjoying this episode? Why not listen to our sister series, Biennial Bites, where we hear from some of the most prominent artists practicing today. For more information on all exhibitions and events at Charge Art Foundation, please visit our website or follow us on Instagram at Charge Art. You're listening to Speaking of Art. Welcome back to Speaking of Art, the official podcast of Charge Arts Foundation. We're in conversation with art historian and curator Elizabeth Georges. Before we resume our talk with Elizabeth, we have with us the artist whose work is on view, Henoch. Can you tell us a bit about the time and context in which you began practicing Dalsam? Dalsam is a market and but Murtigize, yes, or Rafton, Al Lazi to Piaust. 
ከመስከረም እስከ ሰኔ እዚ ማርና ሰኔ አምሌና ሀሲን የቤተሰቦች ቦታ ነው የሚሄደው እና ሰባት አመት ያለ አባቲ አያቲ ፕራክቲስ ሰረጋይቺ እኔም ከሱ በሰባት አመት ጀመርኩኝ ከክረምቶችን እየሄድኩኝ የፕራክቲስ አረግ ነበረ ግን ወደ 12ኛ ክፍል ከገባው በኋላ ግን ለ16 አመት ፕራክቲስ አድርገኝ uh he started practicing tarsam in his summer break from school uh he used to he used to go to school in adsaba in the city but uh, he used to travel to where his parents were they were outside of adsaba uh to to learn about tarsam and he started uh, learning about it when he was seven years old he used to do that until he finished high school so after he finished high school uh he practiced uh, you know the paintings uh, for about 16 years before uh, he really started producing them can you talk us through the process of making one of your works what do you do first and how do you approach it let's just suggest to you and so what you so what in semina yedet ye yedet kanachon na yenatachon sim bemoset ትልቅ የሂሳብ ቀመር አለው ያንን ቀመር ከጨረስኩ በኋላ የሰዎችን ከለማቸውን ኮአክታቸውን እንደገና ደግሞ የሚፈልጉት ነገርና ከዛ ነገር ደግሞ ሊከላከሉበት የሚችሉትበት ነገር አውጥቼ ነው መስራት ከዛ የሰዎችን ቀለሙን ማዘጋጀው ከተፈጥሯዊ የሆነ ከድንጋዮችና ከቀጣላ ቀጣሎች ናቸው አሁን ግን እንደምሰራባቸው የ ወተርቤዝ ሆኖ እጽዋቱን ከቀለሙ ጋር ያዋድኩኝ ስካውን ድረስ የሰራውበት ነው ያለውት ያ የሰውየው ስም እና የተወለደበት ቀንና ወሮቹ እነሱና የነሱ ካልኩሌሽን ነው እንትኖች የሰሉን መጠን ሊወስን የሚችለው የከቀመሩን ከሰራው በኋላ ያ ቀመሩ ነው የቀመሩ ውጤት ነው የፍሬሙን ሳይዝ የሚወስ ነው uh the persons the person who he's doing that uh, some of the painting for with uh, his name his mother's name or her name or her mother's name and her birthplace or her birth date uh and then what they wish for their life what they want to be discarded or what they want to uh get uh or wish for in in life he begins with that and he writes all that and he begins with that and then he uh this chooses what types of paintings goes with the stars of the zodiac we prepare you to prepare the the colors from at the vegetation around the vegetation that corresponds with the zodiac of of the person you know the one we're showing at the exhibition is acrylic the customarily he uses the vegetation with a water paint base the person's date birth date and uh, it would determine how large the painting is going to be that's why he's saying that, that so the baby so he does do a lot of calculations around that uh, it, it determines the size of the painting the calculation determines the size of the painting can you tell us how you take a practice that's rooted in tradition and make it relate to present day issues አኮ በፊትም ይቆጠረበት የነበረው የጨረቃና የጻሃይ ካላንደርኛ ምን ተጠቀመው የጻሃይንም የጨረቃንም ካላንደር ነውና እሱ ነገር ስካልተለወጠ ድረስ ሉማይ ይለወጥ በዛው መንገድ ነው ኦሪጅናል እንትም ጠብቆ ምሰራበት ያለውት 
ይሄ ዘውዲያኩ ሁለቱንም ነው የሚቆጥሩ የጨረቃውና የጻሕው is the modern day the modern world can interpret however it wants to interpret life and the world but we go by the calendar of the sun and the calendar of the moon it's been going on since the centuries in historical time and it's going on at the moment as well the calendars of the sun and the calendars of the moon so as long as that zodiac or as that calendar type is still around that he believes it's still around it's relevant to contemporary times elizabeth as we were discussing before the break you've been critical of how telson paintings have traditionally been talked about in the west purely in terms of their therapeutic use you've argued that telson is also an intellectual tradition used to address the problems of today can you talk more about this so the properties like i said earlier the style the techniques fascinate viewers you know from like you were fascinated who were from Ethiopia and abroad. So, but the New York Times art critic, Harlan Cotter, called uh, Telsham art visual knockout. But this is on Jack Mercier's exhibition at the Museum of African Art. But the knowledge base for Telsham in Western art historical provisions had been very problematic. So, like I say, like I argue, so modernism as a field of study it classifies the forms colors lines shapes and arrangement of uh, the paintings uh, outside of the modernist ca- canon referring it as stylisman or healing or medicinal art uh, so n- non western art forms such as telsham uh, do not have a history and even as they are practiced in contemporary times there's still approached in anthropological designations and it's precisely this um, difference in art historical studies that I want to contest in this exhibition. Anything that's supernatural in non-Western visual, visual art are grouped together under magical realism, for example, you know, like, you know, all these artists that come from Latin America somehow are into the category of magical realism. And they give it little significance uh, as, the, as, um, as their, you know, the practice in modernist interventions. Uh, so clearly, a uh, complex art work of art like the Telsham um cannot just be described as you know just reality versus fantasy or in a context of this tradition that's long gone so they're still produced in contemporary times they're you know henok lives in the contemporary time in the modern world and depicting cultural political and social experiences of his contemporary moment in both rational and mythical ways. Yes, mythical. You know, he's trying to get the mystery solved through his painting, through mythical interpretations of it, but also looking at the world in rational ways. So categorizing Telsham as this talisman is reductive since it just omits this characteristic of living in the modern world. Telsham types of paintings are also in the Middle East, you know, this, this region particularly. Ethiopian Telsham paintings cannot be confined uh, to just therapeutic purposes or simply considered just medicinal artifacts, uh, which the field of study predominantly held by Western scholars brands them. It is true that they, they have therapeutic uh, elements to them, but it's also true that it's an intellectual tradition where like concepts and ideas are talked about in these paintings and complex problems are being discussed about. 
in the articulations of the paintings. I don't want to say Al-Shamart was not influenced by Byzantine or Islamic talisman, but research on Al-Shamart should be studied also in its own terms, you know, in its own located history, in its own meaning and context for a deeper understanding of its relationship or its influence by Islamic uh, talisman or other talisman uh, around um, Ethiopia and, you know, this region. So research on Ethiopian Talisham is recent and in many uh, cases it's uh, composed with partnership with outside scholars who are really interested, who are enamored in the paintings themselves, but who are really interested in the therapeutic uh, content of uh, the painting. Uh, but, you know, and then Al-Shamart continues to be exhibited in the galleries and museums of the West in, in these reductive narratives uh, through an ethnographic lens as distant others. You know, this is a distant, a living in a long tra tradition that's gone as healers, doctors, living outside of the contemporary global moment. So I argue they're part of the modern world. They're, they're articulating embodied existences in modernity and that styles and forms are modernist. So that's my argument and that's why I'm very happy that I can say that here in Sharjah. <laughs> it's a really good point. Thank you for that. We know you've been working to reposition how Telsam yeah. is seen for some time now. And as part of this, you also curated a show of Henoks in Ethiopia a few years ago. How has this one been different? And what were you conscious of when curating a show for Sharjah and its audience? Well, this is the second exhibition of Telsam that I'm doing. The one in Addis that was held at the Modern Art Museum, Gavro Christos Dasha Center in 2018, also featured another artist, uh, Robel Tamaskan, who worked on another spiritual practice called Adbar. And the name of the exhibition was Minnabar, which means, what was it? A question that wanted to understand the Ethiopian Telsam art and the Adbar. And because, because they're honed as healing art, magical scroll, like I said, talisman art, and completely out from modern education and from contemporary type of uh, knowledge production, even as both, as I said, both Adbar and Talsam were being practiced uh, contemporarily. Uh, so the exhibition intended to provoke um, discussion to how non-Western visual art or non-Western visual studies should be based and reviewed, and it urged viewers to look critically into non-Western type of knowledge production, archival spaces, uh, to understand um, cultural histories and powerful artistic accomplishments like the Talsam and the Adbar. Uh, so there I exhibited maybe like 20 paintings of the Talsam, Henoch's Talsam, and maybe 20 of the Adbar. Sharja is allowing me to bring Talsam um, art in a grand scale. So over 100 paintings of Al-Sham art are going to be exhibited, which is really huge for me. I'm hoping to expose the beauty and sophistication of these paintings to a larger audience, not only audience in Sharjah, but also outside people who come and visit Sharjah. So it has allowed me to publicize and bring forth a non-Western modernist articulation that deserves to be properly historicized and to tell the larger public that we too from the non-West are part of the modern world and who have a history of phenomenal aesthetics. And Sharjah has been, you know, the vanguard or the, you know, a big force in, in saying this. So this is going to be the first huge exhibition of Al-Shamart on one artist alone. And then, you know, the, the connection, that's another thing that I really want to see, the connection between 
Islamic aesthetic. Islamic manuscripts, particularly, and the relationship between the Christian manuscripts of the time, you know. Uh, so, and Elsham brings it out very, you know, profoundly. So, I'd like to create a conversation around that too. So, you know, that's that's uh, that's my excitement. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I think it will. I think this exhibition will probably bring forth more research and, and yeah. studies around uh, what you're working on. Yeah. And you've mentioned before as well the Islamic manuscript. Yeah. So I think it's a good opportunity to bring light on this research. Um, continuing with this thread of the importance of Telsam, I'd like to understand how Telsam is received and understood within Ethiopia today. Can we end with you telling us why you think it's important for artists and curators to be paying attention to this art form? It's the same thing in Ethiopia too, because the dominant art narrative has really dominated the how we understand modernism. You know, so Talisham art is still being seen as talisman or not, not part of the modern production of art in, in, in Ethiopia. So uh, hopefully, you know, Ethiopian, Ethiopian artists themselves, you know, consider Henok as a traditional painter, whatever traditional means. So uh, not part of the modernist type of um, art production. Uh, so, you know, hopefully that conception of what the modern is, what modernism is, and why Henok is excluded while theirs is included in the conversation of modernism. So hopefully that kind of conver conversation would come. There's a big art market now in Ethiopia. So, you know, I want Henoch's types of work or Elsham's types, which is fantastic modernist interventions, to be part of that market too. Now he's not really, he's, he's, he's not considered a modernist artist or that, that type of painting is not considered modernist. So just to provoke that discussion on what it means to be modern and non-modern or traditional or non-traditional, that discussion will come out at the same time. I want to include him with the rest of the art market and the rest of the uh, art world uh, in Ethiopia. And curators, too, to be conscious on how they categorize, you know, what's an ethnographic object, what's craft, what's art, you know, these types of things has been discussed in the diaspora quite a bit, particularly in African art, in the African art diaspora platforms, but really have not been discussed in Africa itself. Ethiopia particularly, were these categorizations, who did the categorizations? Why are we categorizing it that way? These kinds of discussions have to be, have to come back or ha have to be part of curatorial conversations and artist conversations. Yeah, it's a good time uh, to address this. As you said, it's being addressed in many parts of the world as well and all the categorizations and uh, what is considered contemporary art and yeah. what isn't. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad to see that um, Henoch's work will be part of this conversation. Uh, it's really interesting to hear how this ancient art form has adapted and thrived across centuries yes. and continues to confront the most topical matters of the day. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us on Speaking of Art and talking about the exhibition you've curated and the many ideas that run through it. We're looking forward to seeing it. Thank you so much. Uh, Henek Malkemzer, Symbols and Imagery of Telsam Art is on view at Shraj Art Museum until the 16th of June, 2024. We look forward to seeing you all there. As we end our conversation, let's listen to the Ethiopian musicians with whom uh, we opened this episode, Guru Majmur and Ashrata Bokhana, who performed their uh, accordion and machinko composition 
at the Africa Institute in March 2023. Here they are again, and thank you for listening. Thank you.